This is the Cabinet's HR Culture Podcast, hosted by Daniela Young. Join Daniela as she has great conversations with people on the importance of culture and leadership and organizational behavior. You will hear the great, the bad, and the ugly as she talks to a huge variety of guests in different fields. Are you looking for ways to improve your culture? Then this is the podcast for you. You will gain great insights from these great conversations. The Cabinets HR Podcast is brought to you by Cabinets HR. At Cabinets HR, we deliver HR to companies with 49 or fewer people by automating the HR process. We believe that you don't need a full-time HR person to receive full-time HR expertise. Come to CabinetsHR.com to see how Cabinets HR can take care of your HR so you can focus on building your company and taking care of your customers. Remember to be great every day. Hi, welcome to the Cabinets HR Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Daniela Young. Our guest today is Chris Schmidt. Chris, are you ready to be great today? Right on. Chris recently retired from 30 years of active duty service in the United States Army, 20 years as a Special Forces Green Beret. Since retiring, he successfully founded his own company, Azimuth Consulting Group to capture the lessons learned from special forces in combat and seamlessly transition them to the corporate sector. Chris speaks on his experiences as a career Green Beret and how kindness was the most effective weapon in his kit bag. He conducts face-to-face executive coaching and advising with leaders from Fortune 500 companies and international nonprofits. Additionally, he facilitates leadership workshops and leads a wilderness-based leadership development track called The Traverse, which we will hear more about today. Chris, can you tell me a little bit about something that is super exciting that you're working on right now? Well, The Traverse is is super exciting to me. But one of the things that's really filling my bucket right now is a trust workshop that we're doing with a local uh, coffee company. And they just experienced a reorganization. And through the reorganization, trust began to wobble. And to help rebuild that and watch not only communication and performance improve, but also watch the stock price skyrocket is pretty exciting. So you're helping everybody be happier and the company make more money. That's the idea. It's awesome. Can you talk about, we mentioned a little bit about your 30 years of experience in the U.S. military. Can you talk a little bit about how that experience developed you and how that is informing what you do today when you're coaching Fortune 500 companies, CEOs, and executive leaders? Well, being a leader is hard. And and having been a leader gives me... Uh, perspective and mental models that I can help share with the leaders that I coach. But also having that experience of starting as an E1 private uh, at the, the bottom of the pyramid and, and working my way through gives me tons of perspective that I can help share with my clients and, and help them think about different ways to put in their own experience to allow to drive behavior. I believe that behavior is a function of perspective and experience. And that experience doesn't necessarily, that movie that's playing in your mind when you're, you're listening to someone doesn't necessarily have to be just your own movie. It could be somebody else's mental model. And I think that's the key of coaching is to 
is to provide mental models and be a thought partner so that the leaders that I work with can maybe take a little bit of what's mine, translate it themselves into their own context, uh, and be able to create content and conduct which drives their own success. That's so interesting. I think a lot of times we think of coaches or consultants as telling people what to do. But even though you have this amazing amount of experience, what you're really doing is helping leaders develop the context to come to their own conclusions and their own implementations. Absolutely. Research will show that that action happens when it's it's self-awareness and it's self-discovery. If it's advised uh, 100% or even given, uh, it's a lot harder to put that into action. Right on. And for most of many of our listeners who might not understand the exact structure of the military, it's actually fairly rare to have one, 30 years straight of experience, and two, someone who's gone from the lowest level of enlisted, the way that Chris did, up through the officer ranks. So really very wide, wide perspective that you're bringing to the table. What I think is neat about my journey was that my journey wasn't intended to enlist. I had, out of high school, applied to West Point, but didn't get accepted. But when I didn't get accepted, I still believed that that was my destination. I just needed to change maybe the distance and maybe change the the azimuth of where I was starting from. And I believe that additional journey uh, made my military experience richer. Uh, and and it's fun to be able to now look back in some of my journaling or or think about things that I thought from a context of a of a seventeen year old private versus a forty six year old lieutenant colonel or now at fifty as a consultant and and thinking about all of those different those perspectives those those dots on the map as just different starting points to create a mental model to successfully go to where you want to go. So tell us a little bit more about azimuth and essentially the concept that you have behind the word azimuth and how you employ that in your teaching. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that it's part of special operations vernacular to say, hey, I need an azimuth check on this. What you're saying is, well, I need to understand your leadership vision. So if one of my, one of the team leaders or one of the, a leader within the organization came to me while I was the J3, the the operations officer of a special operations task force, as they would come up to me and say, hey, sir, I need an asthma check. What they're asking is, what is your vision? Uh, because ultimately, if you're using your compass and you're following an azimuth of 22 degrees and you're, you're moving several kilometers or several miles on that azimuth to get from point A to point B, if you're off by only five degrees, you're not going to end up in the place that you wanted to. Well, that same thing is true with a corporate organization. If their vision is to move out and and accomplish these things, but they're compromising a little bit of integrity or compromising a little bit of the things that are their values. 
Well, they're not going to end up in the spot that they thought. And as a consequence, the, the idea of azimuth allows me to talk about trust, authenticity, creativity in a real, authentic kind of basic way. And, uh, and, and ultimately, I really like the idea of the compass rose and the compass analogy and the journey as being part of the discussion when we're just talking about leadership from a corporate sense. And it's so interesting, the idea of journey, right? Because we hear a lot about know your mission, know your values, essentially know your start point. And we hear a lot of know your end point and know your goal. But one of the things I heard you say in there was, you know, what are the checkpoints, right? This is the azimuth check. What are the checkpoints that leaders can set up along their journey so that they're making sure they're not getting off course? They're all well-intentioned, right, when they start off, but how are they making sure that they're not getting off course? It well, we, sounds like you really help them to sort of set up this journey. The ability to check in, that we all seek feedback. And that's, that's actually a, one, of my, uh, one of my big concepts that I'm, I'm geeking out on right now is that kindness can be translated into effective leadership in three ways. It's, it's making sure that you connect with your team. It's not just about networking, but it's, it's connecting. It's taking the time to chat with people. Uh, it's taking time to understand the organization. It's, it's maybe leadership by walking around. Kindness is also recognition. One of the greatest bits of recognition that I ever received was I had a boss write me a thank you on a yellow sticky and stuck it on my computer uh, in my office. And as I came back from uh, accomplishing this big event, the fact that he took the time to write a little personal note uh, really super resonated with me. And we seek feedback in the hugest way. That little bit of recognition really mattered. And I, I kept it for years that stayed, that moved from one journal to the next. The last thing that here in the Pacific Northwest, we often look at negative feedback as something that's super negative. We're not terribly candid. But I think candid corrections are kind. And, and to tell someone, hey, that's not exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, that's not exactly what we need to get accomplished. Or that's not exactly the direction that we need to be going. To give that kind of feedback, I think the three of those equate to good leadership. So making connections, ensuring that you, have, you give recognition. And giving candid corrections, I think all those things are kind and they're good leadership. And there's the kindness that you talk about. So it all, it all plays in. Right. So, Chris, I love this quote that you have that as a special operations leader, kindness was the most effective weapon in your kit bag. Can you explain, first, what is a kit bag? And secondly, how kindness was a weapon that you used as a leader? Right on. Well, so when you deploy, you have a, you don't actually deploy with a suitcase. You deploy with a kit bag. And it might, the most, the kit bag that comes to mind for me is a parachute bag. And in that kit bag, having kindness as one of the tools, I found gave me access 
gave me the opportunity to have conversations. To go back to that idea of connections, recognition, and, and candid conversations, we all seek feedback. And by being kind, I was able to sit down with the commander of the the Mali and special forces uh, that we are helping develop and and stop by just to have tea one day completely he didn't know that i was even in country i stopped by to see him and mostly because i like him and i was maybe being kind but the bottom line is by stopping by to give him some feedback and tell him how good his troops were doing and and also give some maybe some candid feedback and having that connection, he said, hey, Chris, I appreciate so much of what you're doing. Uh, this afternoon, I want you to chat with the president because he wants to say thanks. And that opened a whole opportunity for us to talk about opening training facilities in the northern part of the country, which were ultimately used to to defeat Al-Qaeda and the Maghreb from waging an attack uh, against the capital. So very cool. Like, if, if you're just being, if you're just doing your job and not employing kindness, you don't get that access. You don't get that opportunity. And that opportunity really changed change the situation and ultimately made us successful in our in our attempts to keep influence of al-qaeda out of north africa yeah and you mentioned earlier chris when we were chatting that you know, special operations special forces have a bunch of different missions but one of the things you guys really do is teaching and teaching abroad teaching your own people and it sounds like that was something you were really involved in i think that that sharing and having that connection starts in the team room with each team. Everybody on the team is cross-trained. And then being, that creates a culture of sharing, of sharing not only your network, but sharing the things that you know. And that becomes contagious, whether it's during, during a mission, uh, working with your partner force, with the country team in that country, with, with even people in the community. Now translating that into the corporate sense, that sharing of what you know is something that allows me to be my best self. I really like, I'm really at my best when I can be in the role of coach, advisor, teacher, friend. And if I can do that as my next career, because that's what I did in my last career, that's good. That's really, happy. really and good. And you're happy. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> okay, so Chris, tell us about the Traverse. This is this very exciting thing that you do that we've alluded to. Um, yeah, tell us more about it. So the Traverse is a four-day, three-night trek through Montana. And what I love about what we just talked about, about being my best self. My best self, if I if I really think about when I'm in I'm at my best, I'm I'm working with other people and I'm outside. And there's probably an element of talking about leadership that's wrapped in with all that. And that's what we do in the traverse is that we we launch from a hangar in Butte, Montana called the Peak. 
Rod, who owns the peak, is a retired special operations guy himself. It smells and feels like a team room. Uh, and to bring corporate executives into that spot, lay out all their kit, work through the orders process, launch as one leader and four executives, and the leaders themselves are all retired special operations soldiers or officers, launch into the uh, the Rocky Mountains and move each day as a separate group. Each of these four or four or five man teams move through the mountains to a desired location where uh, my logistics team has uh, the base camp set up. And each day we have a different theme to... Uh, to stimulate the conversation. And the, the, I mean, I guess those themes are perspective, action, and commitment. And, and it's fun. The perspective part I like is because you come up to this mountain lake and you have this beautiful mountain up in front of you. Your perspective can be, wow, that's amazing. I really want to get on top of that. I really, the work that it'll require to get there will be awesome. Or, you can be all woe is me when you realize that you have to <laughs> you have to climb that mountain to get there. That experience, first the ability to unplug. Uh, you know, we're in uh, we're in southern Montana. There's no cell coverage. Uh, so the ability to unplug for four days, the ability to work with other extraordinary leaders, the ability to be in this peak experience wilderness environment is is awesome and what's really fun is to watch the participants bond they're all exceptional people they all work super hard to impress everybody else they work super hard despite being tired despite being despite being maybe not as comfortable as they normally are watch them excel and then upon the completion see how strong the bond has become and I've had, I've watched this process work to a point that a leader a week or two afterwards has recounted that he was walking through the grocery store and said that, you know, I, I was, I was walking through the grocery store and I was looking up over the aisle to try to find the rest of the group and then realized that I was no longer there out in the wilderness. But the bond had become so great that that was something that was subconsciously uh, in the back of his brain. And I based my project at Columbia University in an executive coaching program that I did on the neuroscience of what happens during these kind of peak experiences. And it's super fun to see that the neuroscience backs up what we intuitively already know as an outdoors person, as a special forces guy who has done a lot of this stuff out in the wilderness, of how important it is to connect how important it is to be in that majestic environment and and have that kind of experience. I just love that, you know, and we, I think as veterans, you know, I can say from my own sort of combat patrolling experience, we talk about that, right? That there's this camaraderie, there's this thing that you learn, this thing that you get out of being involved in those situations that is really hard to replicate, you know, and we, we all know that veterans bring these sorts of skills and experiences to the workplace. And now you're sort of creating that environment for these leaders who might be civilians who've never been in service, right? And right. they can come and they can participate in this 
very interesting, you know, like you said, camaraderie, bond, nature, and then also getting out there and sort of thinking about the really hard problems that a lot of times we don't put in perspective. I think it's interesting to think about what what I just thought about as you were saying that. that I wonder if, I mean, I'm really excited about about bringing folks into that environment uh, and to have that experience. But I think I do it a lot for myself as well, because I really love that that whole thing, the whole traverses. Well, do what you love. You heard it here. So, Chris, I think you're providing some kind of a gift for listeners that are interested. Is that correct? So, I think I already said that uh, I think that self-awareness is key to being a successful leader. And one of the tools that I use for self-awareness is the is an assessment called the Berkman Method. The Berkman looks at not only your usual behavior, but it, it addresses your needs. And, and when your needs aren't being met, the Berkman also shows the stress behavior that you, you show when your needs aren't being met. And, and ultimately, I use the Berkman Method as a foundation for the clients that I work with. And I'd like to provide not only the assessment, but the conversation that comes with the uh, with the results of the tool uh, afterwards. So an assessment and a free consultation with you, it sounds like. Absolutely. A conversation. <laughs> free, a, a great conversation with a lot of values. So, Chris, the best way to get in contact with you, um, to take advantage of this or uh, get on the traverse or anything else that our listeners might want to do. Right on. Well, I think the, the best way to grab, to find me, is uh, Azimuth Consulting Group is on Facebook. And Azimuth Consulting Group and Christopher Schmidt is on LinkedIn in order to get some validation of, of maybe who I am in my own background. Ultimately, uh, I, the Traverse, information of the Traverse, you, if you seek more information, the Traverse at azimuthleadership.com is a great way to connect. And we will have all of those links and more on our show notes today, which will tell you how to get in contact with this amazing leader um, for the future. Our show notes will all be available at www.cabnishrblog.com. And Chris, what is one last 20-second bit of advice you have for our listeners? I think own, own your choices. You know, Take charge. Be unapologetic about who you are and move out being your best self. Own your choices, be your best self, and move out. I love it. So thank you so much, Chris, for joining us today. And remember to be great today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cabinet HR Culture Podcast. Be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok at Cabinet HR. Also check out our weekly live streams at the Cabinet HR Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Periscope, where we focus each week on an HR topic important for small business. These are every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and last around three minutes. To join our weekly HR email newsletter list, send us an email to Jason Cabinet at CabinetHR.com. Thank you, and remember to be great every day. You've got to pump it up. You've got to pump it up. You've got to pump it up.